Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox. Welcome to Holy Smokes Catholic Review, your weekly dose of good cigars and the good news. This podcast is brought to you by St. John Vianney Catholic Church in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Incensing the temple today, Father Scott Mansfield, pastor and former rock radio DJ, Tony Willemitis, the guy who knows everything. And Will Tapia, the guy who thinks he knows everything. Now, here's your host, Father Scott. It is Holy Smokes Catholic Review. Father Scott along with William Tapia. Hello, hello. Minus Tony Willemitis. Minus Tony Willemitis. That's why I, I almost forgot what my own voice sounded like for, for a second there. So uh, it's good. This is what my voice sounds like, podcast land. Yeah, because when he's here, he does all the talking. <laughs> he sure does. That's why we should just change it to the Tony Willemitis show. And so uh, you'll notice that our program will probably be a lot shorter as well because it's not because Tony's gone. But we do have a surprise third guest. Uh, we have a surprise third guest for this podcast calling in all the way from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico, the newly ordained, the great, the powerful Father Joseph Baltz. How you doing, Father Joe? I'm doing excellent. Nice. Yeah, I'm sitting in my backyard. The sun is setting. That's beautiful. Awesome. And so you're you're calling in from Santa Fe. Where uh, where are you up? Where are you at up there in Santa Fe? Well, I've been assigned to the Cathedral of Santa Fe as well as to Cristo Rey Parish. So right now I'm at the rectory, which is connected to the Cristo Rey Parish. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And you were you were ordained what a month ago? Right right about. Yeah, basically a little more than a month ago, May 30th. Well, tell us a little bit about... um, uh Yeah, it was a great day, obviously. I've been waiting a while. I'm glad it happened. (laughs) Yeah, with all the open stuff, but it is what it is. Yeah, tell us about about your ordination during uh, COVID-19, how different it was. I was able to, you know, have 100 guests, which was fantastic. I thought I'd get, like, five. So, luckily we had some changes in the protocols right before my ordination um yeah but you know a lot of the priests weren't able to make it 
sadly, you know, I wasn't able to get the you know, physical lessons of all the priests welcoming me into the presbyterate, you know. Um, yeah. Everyone's wearing masks, you know. It's it's weird, very weird. Yeah, that's right. Cause, uh, um, not I, a lot of singing, yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, like you said, uh, I think probably what, two, three days before your ordination was when we entered phase one of the reopening. And so, uh, for a while there, you were kind of on the fence of whether you could invite anybody at all. If it could, if even your family could attend your ordination, there was a time I remember talking to you, uh, that it was, it was pretty dicey about whether or not you could actually have anybody there. So, um, yeah. so we're glad it all opened up and everything. I think this is the first um, in our archdiocese, at least, of the face mask as an official vestment of your ordination. <laughs> you know? Yes. We'll have to make a new prayer to bless such a vestment. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh, Lord, watch the door of my lips, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very good. Yeah, that's great. So any any words to our to our listeners uh father scott was mentioning i think before we started here that uh that you don't listen to podcasts podcast and you actively trash our podcast so do you have any what can you say about that i actively boycott this podcast <laughs> uh no i don't know if that's true um you know I, i'd make some changes if uh i was in charge but you guys are doing great you know adequate adequate work our Lord is pleased with even the smallest, you know, most humble of offerings. Hang up on him. Just hang up. Just hang up on him. Uh, just I just don't smoke. That's the issue, you know? Yeah. Don't yeah. Although we have, in fact, enjoyed a cigar together, haven't we? We have, yes. Well, I should say we've smoked cigars together. I didn't really enjoy it, but um, I, keep, I think once in my life I've enjoyed a cigar. So there's potential. We need to, yeah, we need to figure out exactly when that was and all the circumstances around us, we can replicate that identically yeah. <laughs> in New Mexico. <laughs> what, okay, can you tell us, so, you know, obviously we do smoke cigars in this podcast, so can you tell us about what, like, your most memorable and enjoyable cigar experience was? Mm. Good question. Uh, well, it can't be difficult. You've only smoked two cigars in your entire life. <laughs> he said, uh, "Yeah, he said it, it can't be difficult. You've only smoked like two cigars in your entire life." <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I smoked one outside of the podcast, and that one was okay. Where maybe that was at the in Thomas Rectory. Let's just let me make up a story. Okay, there I was. <laughs> I was in Guatemala. We were in the jungle in one of these hostels, and everyone you know, they were really cheap cigars there. So I got a cigar there, and we were. Sun was setting through the jungle. Light was piercing through. Monkeys were swinging on vines. Was well, we this a jungle review or a cigar, cigar review? And having a little uh, thing of tequila. It was a nice, relaxing evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's great. Well, um, yeah, I'm surprised that you didn't smoke a, a cigar in Colombia. That's like the place to smoke them down there too, man. It was, yeah. Did I though? I don't remember if I did. <laughs> All your uh, all oh, well. your all your countries that you visited are all blending together at this point. Yeah. Well, we're, we have yeah, to yeah, we're, sure. we're going to have to convert you because it's a thing. Especially now that you're a priest, I think that uh, it used to be an official rite of the of ordination that uh, you would actually receive the cigar from the bishop, and it was this whole <laughs> rite of blessing and everything like that. So, <laughs> I know, I, I'm kidding, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's almost an obligation that that priests have, you know, smoke cigars or 
you know, dabble their feet into it a little bit there. So we'll have yeah, to bring you back around, man. One of three things. Either I play golf, smoke cigars, or what's the other third thing that uh, well, just, Scott does? Yeah, let's just ask week. him. I know that. Sit around. I sit around. He sits around. Oh, okay. And as a matter of fact, yeah. he did all three today. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, well thanks, Padre. Do you, Father Scott, do you have any questions for our newly ordained? Well, no, he can't hear me anyway because I'm off at a distance. I can. That's okay. I have no questions. He's got no questions for you. Well, Father Joe, thanks wow. so much for calling in, man. Uh, be good to, good to see you soon and stay safe up there. Uh, Santa Fe is such a beautiful place and the cathedral is such a great first assignment. You know, you get to kind of be custodian of all that cool stuff up there. Um, so yeah, so we're praying for you, uh, brother. Please. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for agreeing to do this. For sure, yeah, I'm excited to be back on the podcast next time when things are, you know, social undistanced. Get all together in the same room. Yeah, hey, hey, we're about that life. So, all right, Father. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, Joseph Baltz. Bye. Father Joseph Baltz, everybody. That was a father, newly ordained Father Joseph Baltz. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who uh, just, ordained. man, he last time he was on our podcast, we trashed it. You know, <laughs> he just trashed it. So we haven't had he it did. back <laughs> until now. And we have another, yeah. uh, two other guys who were ordained with him. Um, so we should have them on at some point, you know. Yep. Yep. Right. You know, it, it was it was interesting though. So I went to both ordinations, and uh, I forget if I have I talked about this on the podcast. I can't remember. But mm. um, do you have that COVID brain? Because I have it. No, I also just have like I don't remember anything. I also have the so I have the brain of like a of a ninety year old. So just full disclosure on that. You have the <laughs> but, face of one too. <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> um, but anyway, so <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, no, it was just weird. It was just so different, right? So. For Father Joe's ordination, you go to the cathedral, they check you in, you have to have the mask on for the full two hours and all this kind of stuff. And it was just so different. But, um, you know, for me, the takeaway was that, you know, even in these crazy times and, and really dark times, that you could really see the, the grace of God working mm-hmm. through Father Joe. And, of course, Deacon Jordan, um, who's a good friend of ours as well, and then Deacon Anthony, um, all newly ordained for the Archdiocese of Santa Fe. We'll have two new priests next year, even throughout the pandemic, right? Um, you know, so yeah, yeah, God's grace is still moving. So where is Tony? Where is Tony? Tony's out on a retreat this week. Cause he was on retreat like two weeks ago. Now he's on retreat again. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you can't have enough retreats. Uh, yeah. So Speaking is of re- he, is he going to, uh, is he there for, is it, uh, was he there for prayer or was he there to, I'm just not sure what he's doing on I don't know. the like, retreat. So we'll have to ask him when he gets back. Um, and, uh, I mean, otherwise though. Uh, I went up on a retreat up to the Pecos Wilderness uh, last week. I had off from work, so uh, Deacon Jordan and I, for two days, drove up to the Pecos Wilderness and camped middle of nowhere. Uh, it was awesome. We couldn't have a campfire because uh, in yeah, New Mexico so we have we have really uh, strict fire restrictions, understandably so. Uh, in fact, as I was driving over here, it looked like the Manzanos were on fire. Well, it could be. You Just could look crazy. at you could actually look out the window and see. Yeah. Well, you see the Sandias from here, but not the Manzano. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just been so incredibly dry down here and the heat's been unbelievable. And so uh, we went up to the mountains and, you know, it's 100 degrees inside the city. And then up in the mountains, it could be, I mean, it got cold that first night, probably mm. 40, 35 degrees up there, mm. you know. 
Um, so we froze that first night, but, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was just nice to get, get out, get away, you know, and I think camping is one of the most socially distanced things you could possibly do. You know, you're away from everybody, you know, um, yeah, I guess, I mean, you're all in your own tents in your own chairs. You, everybody stinks after a couple of days, so you don't get close to each other anyway, yeah, you, you just, know, <laughs> you just, it's automatic yeah, social it's a, distancing. It's a great social distancing kind of, uh, kind of thing. So, but it's no fun if you can't have a campfire. What yeah, do you, what do you do? It was really hard. So, I have this. I don't know if you've seen those Bluetooth speakers that have like the fake flames on it. Yeah. So I put I put that in the fire ring, oh, and I lit that, and we just sat out. I mean, it was nice. We just sat out there and talked to like two a.m. Just talking and talking and talking, and of course I had to have a cigar. Yeah. Which technically kind of breaks the fire restriction, so I was yeah. very careful about it. Um, you know, they it's so strict. Just to give you an idea of this, that if you were to if you have a smoke, you have to clear. 10 feet diameter around you of all the dry brush and everything um and then you uh, your car so you know sometimes you have to kind of drive up into the campsite a little bit mm. so your car can't be more than 10 i think it was 10 feet off of the roadway because a lot of times forest fires are caused by uh you know things from the engine you know getting too hot catching fire and lighting the grass on fire but uh yeah thankfully up in the pecos even though they haven't gotten rain it was it was pretty moist it was like we had grass like green grass and stuff around us mm. so so it was good it was it was nice to get away from the city for uh for a couple of days well there, it's so. pretty high up yeah. it's been so hot here it has it and has. it's gonna get hotter this week yeah. i think the uh, 103 or something on sunday yep. that's what they're forecast i i have a tea time at three in the afternoon on sunday well you you and father marshall will golf even if it's you know i think you guys i, I went golfing with you guys two years ago and it was 100 degrees outside it was one of the worst things ever i cooked i yeah. absolutely cooked but you guys are out there loving it we played today i can't believe it we played today and it was hot today was 99 yeah it was hot it was it was cooking it was yeah. cooking yeah we did okay you know and it was fun you know it's always fun so we'll go out Sunday again, and I'm nice. trying to play golf more. But, uh, yeah, it's a little pricey. But, you know, a lot of people are playing golf. So uh, Get some fresh air. Get a, you know, get yeah. out so what did you guys do for the fourth? I went, uh, well, I had mass, obviously. Yeah. No, let's see. Yeah, that was a Saturday, so Saturday. I had mass. Then I went over to my friends, the Ramirez's, had some hamburgers, uh, set off some fireworks. By the way, it's the loudest, noisiest Fourth of July ever. I mean, it was, oh, yeah. it was like saying, you know what the people were saying to the governor and to the mayor, the mayors? It was like in your face because they were saying, you know, stay inside. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, and, yeah. and people ignored it. So, so, you know, people wanted to show their patriotism. Okay. That they're really patriots, that they're not anti-American, that they're patriots. And so it was a loud it was it was a crazy Fourth of July, and so uh, the last one, as I was laying in bed, the last of them went off at three thirty in the morning. Yeah, and I looked at the clocks. Three thirty in the morning. It was, I yeah. And I, these were I, I totally these agree. were these were illegal. These oh yeah. Things. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I tell you, they were some of them. I was thinking, man, is that dynamite? I should show you uh, some of the videos we took. Uh, from my balcony downtown. It looked like the entire city was exploding. I have never in my adult life seen anything like that before it was it was unbelievable because it you know so we saw the city the city firework displays the golf courses and that kind of thing we had four different um kind of points that the city was lighting fireworks off of so you could see those but i mean every foreseeable <laughs> foreseeable city block as far as i could see uh every, were people lighting fireworks it was insane can you imagine being one of those firework vendors 
out out you know out in Santa Fe or whatever out in the outskirts of town selling your fireworks man you must have made a killing this yeah. this week yeah um but also there were some house houses caught fire there were yeah some other things when, well, you have one people, guy's well one guy's car caught fire yeah when you have people every year who try to you know people be smart about this people who will hold the firecracker in their hand and light it and whatever and blow off a couple of fingers yeah. you know it's like so well if you're that stupid I you know, get what you pay for i mean I you know, know what i mean so so just say? be safe you know uh but uh, yeah i mean it, it was a it was a crazy it was the craziest fourth of july i can ever remember um so yeah, you know, it's a lot of fun. I'm glad you guys got to got to see it because they have a great view. The Ramirez is down into the valley. Yeah, but the the city the city moved the the uh, did yeah the display over here to the city hall. Oh, Rio Rancho did. Yeah, and I'm like, why did they do that? Oh, no. I, I have no idea why. I don't know why the city does what the city does. I got to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I can get in trouble, I guess, for saying these things, but sometimes the the city does things that make the rest of us the citizens of this city we scratch our heads why did they do that i don't know well you know, uh, that's just i'm just i'm just telling you what i'm thinking for anybody who doesn't who's not familiar with rio rancho uh our city hall and city center is <laughs> the middle of nowhere <laughs> dude you talk you know? about the middle of nowhere yeah so so our city center is is farther than our city's edge to the north with the idea of course that one day uh once we're a big city, we expand over there, and it, it'll be the true city center. But for right now, there's it's literally dust, dirt, the mesa, sand dunes. You well, know, you, like you've seen these movies, either yeah. they're war pictures or they're they're western movies where the, they come over the hill and there's like that little, the, yeah. you know, down below that little village. Yep, that's what it is. Yeah. Because it, it, it is. It's in the middle of nowhere. Or, or if you've seen Star Wars, it looks like, uh, I think, what is it, Tatooine, where it's like all dusty and they're the little huts. <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's an odd place to set off fireworks. Well, um, at, the, at the Star Center, which is next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so from that parking lot, I guess they were So could you guys off. even see him from I, there? I, I, no, if not from the Ramirez's house. Besides, we were in the front yard. Yeah. In their front yard. Normally, we see them from the backyard because they set them off. You know that big hill mm-hmm. that's above the high school? They mm-hmm. set them. They, they drive up to the top of that. That's where they set them off usually. Yeah. And you can see them beautifully. Yeah. But now they moved it. I don't know why. Again, I don't know why. I had heard something about the uh, animal shelters, but I don't know if that's, if that's Rio Rancho or Albuquerque. Well, the... the uh, no, that's... Uh, no, no. That's... I, yeah, I have that's, no idea. Yeah. No. I don't know. But... Uh, anyway... But you know, I'm not the mayor. I'm not a city council person, yeah, so I have no, I have no say. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> anyway, what do you mean, thank God. <laughs> Just tell you one thing: hey, there'd be no weeds in this town or trash. I'd clean. We're it gonna up. make gardening great again. Um, right. But uh, yeah, no, that's good, man. Um, so in other news, uh, kind of more uh, somber, news? I guess. But uh, I found it really beautiful, what? actually. What? Uh, so Pope Benedict XVI's brother. Georg Gratzinger um, passed away, I think about a week and a half ago. And so uh, they had his funeral yesterday. And uh, it was just so beautiful. Uh, Pope Benedict XVI, uh, of course, right? I mean, as as many of us are, close to our siblings. So uh, he wrote this really, really sweet letter. He he was able to visit his brother Georg uh, two weeks ago uh, before his death. And you know, was able to go by his bedside and celebrate mass with him, um, and things like that before heading back to the Vatican. 
Uh, but it was just, it was an incredibly beautiful tribute. He, he sent his personal secretary, Archbishop Georg Ganswine. He sent, uh, Pope Benedict sent him all the way to Regensburg, Germany, where the funeral was being held. And um, Archbishop Ganswine read the letter from Benedict XVI, kind of this really beautiful uh, eulogy. And so I wanted to read just one, um, one line here. Uh, let's see. And I thought this was so, so beautiful. So he says, Pope Benedict writes to his brother, may God reward you, dear Georg, for all you have done, suffered, and given me. And I just love that. And I think that's a really fitting thing, you know, um, even during COVID-19 and we're all trying to struggle with being away from family and friends and how we're all kind of collectively suffering, right? But how we can really kind of turn that suffering into a gift. And I think that's what Benedict's speaking to here is, is the suffering that Georg um, did for him throughout his life. And, and, you know, as odd as, as odd as it might sound, I can't imagine it's being, it's easy being, being a brother to a Pope, you know, with just all the, all the wackiness and, and weirdness and, and our climate, our climate going on and stuff like that. So, um, I just found it really profoundly beautiful. So rest in peace, uh, Monsignor Georg Ratzinger. Uh, so yeah, that's the, Oh, cool. I think Father Scott's tweeting. He didn't listen to a word of what I just said. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you were talking about uh, somebody and their brother. What were you talking about? You're talking about the Pope and Go- his brother <laughs> and the funeral. That's what I heard you say. <laughs> These millennials and their phones, I swear. I'm looking up uh, headlines because, hey, guess what? what? The Supreme Court finally did something good yes. after dropping the ball several times, okay? And a big win for the Little Sisters of the Poor. Yep. Okay, so when it comes to that, uh, you know, the mandate that they would have to, the employees would have right. to, they would have to fund their contraceptives. Okay, well, that's opposed to the Catholic Church for good reason. Yes. So, a big win for them because they won't have to do it. I wanted to say something really quick on that because I was watching the news this evening, and as the news does oftentimes, they made it political and politicized it. Of course. And so this, this, this thing, right? Don't watch contraception, the media. Contraception is morally wrong. And the Catholic Church has said that, and you said this last week, Father Scott, from Pope Paul VI and Humana Vitae, right? So, what, 50, almost 60 years ago, so it is 60 years ago now, 60 years ago, the Catholic Church said, this is wrong, okay? This is before Donald Trump, this is before Barack Obama, this is before George Bush, all this stuff. 1960, in the 1960s, the Catholic Church came out and said, uh, contraception is wrong. It's morally wrong. Can't do it. Right. Um, because, well, because the, um, if you have any kids around, but you know, sex is a procreative act and brings life into the world, right? right? Fundamentally. And that, that's a fundamental piece of it. So this is, this is 60 years ago. This whole thing goes on. And so the way the news spun this story is, um, they spun it as, as this wonderful policy, um, by Barack Obama that the Trump administration has been, has been attacking because it's, it's a policy of Barack Obama. And so, um, they really, and and it just got to me with how the news politicized this whole thing. And it's no, it's like, it's like, whatever, poo-poo Donald Trump, poo-poo Barack Obama. This has nothing to do with those two individuals. This is because it is wrong to, to force the employer to pay for contraception for their employees. Well, contraception is wrong. And this isn't, by yes. the way, something that the church just decided in 1960-something. Right, exactly. Because this goes back from the very beginning. And in fact, every single denomination, Catholic and otherwise, were all opposed to contraception until the Anglican Church or the Episcopalian Church yeah. in the 1920s decided 
that it would be okay. Yeah, and, and then everybody followed suit. With exactly, that, with the exception of the Catholic Church. And that was the first domino to fall, right? And and it's scriptural. It is scriptural. You can look up, get on your phone, Google. Just read the first. Just all you had to do is read the first book of the Bible. Read the first th- three chapters of, of Genesis. Yeah. Be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. And you, you know, know what? I'm telling you, this is the problem. See, our problem with our country is we've taken God out. We've taken God out of our schools, trying to get him out of courtrooms. Okay, so we're getting him out of our, you know, hearts. We're getting him out. Trying to, some of the churches are trying to take God out. Well, yeah, exactly. And then, and then we try and argue it. So we don't argue it based on morality. We argue it based on our politics or whatever right. the particular president or country leader says on that day. And, right. and it couldn't be farther from the truth. We totally, we totally miss the boat when we do that. Right. right? But let me finish my point. Okay. Yeah. Con- what does contraception do? It takes, takes God out of the family. It takes mm-hmm. God out of the sexual act. You cannot have a sexual act without God being intimately involved because why? By nature, what happens? Child is conceived. Mm -hmm. Who creates the soul of the person? God. Yeah. You take God. So you take God out of it. Then it's like throwing God out of your family or out of your marriage. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, Christopher West has a great way of saying this as well, but it's, it's not that the Catholic church hates sex. Cause that's always how it's portrayed, right? Is, Oh, the church hates women. It hates sex. And that's why they don't want to, they want us to have, they don't want us to have contraception. But the truth is, and Christopher West says this, the church, the Catholic church loves sex, right? We love sex because God loves sex. God created everything on earth. He created the sexual act. He created the marital union mm-hmm. between man and woman. All these things are divinely instituted and divinely ordained. And so God looked down and we hear this in the in Genesis like you said Father Scott God looked down and declared it good right but then we step in and we and we talked about this a month ago building up this tower of Babel we have we know the right way to heaven we're going to construct and manifest our own destiny and that's what contraception is contraception uh, is I mean literally is a barrier but also is a spiritual barrier between the man sure. and the woman right sure. it totally cuts off that intimate and deep relationship between the two of them right because we're look we're body soul composite so you know the sexual act between man and woman is not just a union of bodies it's a union of souls yes so you you know it's it's really breaking that bond yep right so it puts a barrier it's a, it builds a wall yep you know Um, so yeah. And the church has always said this always, always. always. And so it's not a Republican thing. It's not a Democrat thing. It's not an independent thing. It's not a green party thing. The church church was teaching this long before there was ever a Democrat. Before there was ever United States of America, the church has been teaching it. Right. So, so, so please don't, don't do this. Uh, don't, any credence to what the news is talking about, how it's a Republican and a Democrat thing, you know, again, poo pooed all that stuff. I would use a different word, <laughs> but, uh, you know, poo pooed all that stuff. Um, it, it, it's fundamentally is a Catholic thing, but yeah, praise God for that. Cause those little sisters of the poor, right. Since they have employees, uh, because they, you know, they, they run it. I think it's a soup kitchen, right? They, they have run a soup kitchen. Yeah. They help, um, they help the elderly and, and they the employ poor. just a couple of people. Right. And yeah. so then the government was saying, Little Sisters of the Poor, you have to pay for all your employees' contraceptives or else this massive fine slammed down on you, right? Is that justice? Is that justice to have these little nuns pay for what people are doing in their bedrooms, right? Right. Anyway. No, no, but then they're talking, oh, yeah, well, you know how contraceptives are are so cheap. Mm -hmm. They're cheap. Okay, yeah. so if a, if a woman is going to be on those and she can't afford that, they're so cheap. Mm-hmm. So I just, it's, I don't know, just it's, such an attack on the family. It is. 
it is. On, on on all that is good. It's just an attack. It's just so, yeah, the family it is, is good. It's so wrong. It's just wrong. It is absolutely wrong. Hey, uh, in, in other news, um, so, you know, uh, if you do watch the news, certain channels, um, it's funny, they, uh, you know, they, they're blaming the, the spike in the, um, you know, the COVID, COVID thing. Yeah. Okay. On, on uh, they're blaming Trump rallies. They're blaming oh, uh, no, the open yeah. bars. They're yeah, blaming yeah. the beaches and, and all of that stuff. They say nothing about the, the uh, protest. Not mm-hmm. a word. Why is that? Hmm. Interesting. I know. Yeah. I mean, it, it is unfortunate is the, the dual standard that we have um, right now going on in the country because it just tends to divide us as people. Um, right. It's like no matter no matter what you're doing, you know, stay safe, stay distance, mm-hmm. put a mask on, use sanitizer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so all, all politics aside, just just be smart. Be smart about about what you're doing is ultimately right. You're responsible for your own health. So that's all I got to say about that. Hey, so Kanye West, OK, is uh, he wants to run for president. <laughs> and but I got to tell you, he did say this is uh, he called Planned Parenthood the devil's work. I know. Finally finally somebody's calling up right and that's that's the whole thing is is margaret sanger tony mentioned this a couple weeks back but margaret sanger the founder of planned parenthood uh was definitely a racist well she said that blacks are inferior to the human race yep and then she she in in the human race they're the she called them in the human race inferior these are public quotes people you can look up this stuff it's it's public knowledge you can look it up and, and read more about her but you know, she's got her her statue there in the Smithsonian, and I think it's in New York. And you know, nobody's saying anything. So yeah, yeah kudos to Kanye West because that's that is a tough stance to take because you know, people people don't want to hear the truth when it comes to that kind of stuff. They don't, especially Planned Parenthood. Oh yeah. Oh please. Yep. Okay, so um, all right, so we got Tony's gone and uh, he's doing this thing, and so um, I don't know. Um, should we do a cigar review? You wish your girlfriend would. I, I gotta tell you, okay, here's my review. Because I, I haven't smoked any new cigars, okay? Yeah. But I've smoked cigars, believe me. Okay, so I go on Friday. Oh, no, on Monday. This was, yeah, Monday. I go to uh, Total Wine. Uh-huh. This is after the, it's the Monday after the 4th of July weekend. All right? I went in there. There's nothing. I mean, it was clean. The place was cleaned really? up. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, there's. Like a handful of like some things I would, uh, yeah, like some acids. You got a couple of hand, like two or three acids, <laughs> stragglers hanging in a box. That is so funny. There's like nothing. No, I, okay, and I'm exaggerating a little bit because I, I was able to get a couple of my father's, uh-huh. which I'll be smoking one of those tonight. And we all, I've already reviewed those because they're so good. Which the one is the uh, Maduro? Yeah, I got the Maduros. Nice. Okay, so that is we, a good we've, we've reviewed those before. We have. They're great cigars. I like them very much. Have you smoked one from this recent batch that you got, though? No. Okay. Because no. remember my, my problem with them? I'm curious later on. You, they blew up or something? No. So, you know, the label where the label sticks yeah. on? Uh, like the glue oh. where they stick the label on? Right. Goes over onto the leaf. And so whenever I took the label off, Pulled the whole cigar. it would grab the leaf. and Yeah, literally, it was like a... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to compare it to. So you but, smoked a naked cigar because yeah, it pulled I mean, all the, and that, that, the get, leaf off. Oh, and that's the worst. The wrap. You know, yeah. you, you lose the flavor. It starts to blow up on you. It falls oh, it's apart. Terrible. It's just like, terrible. Ruins the stick. So, You got anything? Yeah. So I smoked uh, the gift of Tony Willemitis. Um, he gave me an Alec Bradley 
Prensado. You know, we had, didn't give me anything. Well, we had swapped that one time. It's because you didn't bring a cigar that one time, oh. and you borrowed, or you didn't. It's not borrow if you just take and never reciprocate. What is it called? Anyway, so. you saying I filched? I filched the cigar? Is that what you said? So uh, anyway, so Tony and I did a cigar swap. I gave him one of my Olivas, and he gave me uh, one of his Alec Bradley uh, Prensados, and. Uh, he didn't give it a glowing review a couple weeks ago, and I would definitely agree with that. Um, it was it was really weird. Uh, so it was a robusto size. It looked great. It had like the nice like velvety kind of Maduro skin on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Smelled killer. Uh, I was really looking forward to digging into it. I lit the thing. I could not for the life of me, for the life of me, keep this thing lit. I don't know what that thing is called, but like where, so you light a cigar. And it kind of starts to like bowl on the inside where the yeah. ash is burning in. It doesn't burn the outside layer. Dude, that happened to me today with a seven thousand. Yeah, pound. it only it only burns the inside. But then yeah. I but then I relit the the exterior, and then it kind of like like, you know, kind of burns a little bit. Then it goes out, and then the inside kept burning, and then it started to like track down the side of it where one part starts burning way quicker than the others. And sometimes it forms almost like a channel. Like, it's not even just uneven. It, like, forms a straight channel through the side of the cigar. Totally, like, burning one of the most uneven cigars I've ever smoked in my life. Which I think is more of a rolling problem than it is a cigar problem. Um, and I could be wrong. I haven't smoked a lot of these. But but that one... Um, and then it, it just got real. Like, about halfway through, kept trying to fix the burn. Kept trying to you know, get this thing burning right and stuff and couldn't get a good draw. And at that point, then this, it started to get like a little sour, like, kinda, oh, you know, it's kind of bitter. All the, all the stuff starts backing up on the end where See, your that's mouth the is. Worst. And when you get halfway through the cigar and it starts getting really bitter yeah, or sour, it's sour. It's it, like sour. It was, it got, it got sour. And Ugh, so at that point away. I just, I just, I just chucked the thing. I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. And again, maybe, so maybe that's, that was my one-off experience. That wasn't good. Um, the, the review that I pulled up of the Alec Bradley on Cigars International is glowing. They gave him a glowing review for the Prince Auto. So maybe mine was was a one-off, but uh, whatever was going on with that stick, uh, was something was way off um, that I did not like. So, yep, so that's my review. Well, very good. Thank you. Maybe next week I'll have one. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, I doubt it. I feel like you say that every week and you end up not having anything. Well, <laughs> you know, but I gave a, hey, I gave a cigar uh, a shop review. I, I, I gave the, oh, went what? into Total Wine. It was, it was all picked out. Oh, oh, you gave a it was, shop so, review. So, no, it was a, a, a cigar shop review. Okay, oh, so. shop review. I thought you said shot. Cigar shop. Yeah, I was like, what are review. you Review. So I went in, they had nothing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they get. Inventory but, review. To terrible. So yeah. D minus. D minus. Well, you got to keep that thing stocked, people. Yeah, especially after after uh, Independence Day. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so that's my review. Should we do shout-outs now or shout-outs later? Do them now. I wanted to give a shout-out. We really have no show prep, do we? we no, we don't. We don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I think about stuff, and I don't write them down, and then I forget, and then I remember halfway through the podcast, and then mm. I want to say them before I forget later on. <laughs> um, but uh, now I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Kendrick Senna. Kendrick. My buddy who you met oh, when we I know, know him. Uh, so shout out to Kendrick. Uh, he, he, believe it or not, he is a faithful, loyal listener of this podcast. He called me up the other day mm-hmm. and talked to me about the, he, he keeps up with the podcast. He said he went through this podcast purge where he like, he's like, I have too many podcasts I'm subscribed to. So I got to like delete yeah. some off. And so he went through and purged like eight, 80% of his podcast and removed him. But he's like, 
holy smokes needs to stay yeah so he stays he listens every week we like kendrick we like Kendrick. He, uh, he called man. me laughing because, um, you know, so he, he likes the banter. So shout out to Kendrick. He's a good buddy of mine. Thanks for uh, for listening, dude. He likes um, the, does he like the banter? He does like the, the banter. The one-way banter with Tony between Tony and himself? He, he does like the banter, but he said that uh, he doesn't understand or follow the weird jobs that we pretend to give each other. He said that part no, of that no, part. No, 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 no. We <laughs> only give, you, Tony and I give only, we only do this with you. Uh, last I checked, Tony has a business and oh. you have a business too. Uh, what business? I forget what yours uh, no, was. No, no, Tony has. So he the, has the two two one that we that yeah, we made. He up. made that up. But we, no, we, remember, remember, I, I told you that you were the uh, <laughs> you were the uh, hot dog slinger. Remember? What? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, like like six months ago. I thought you were the hot dog. No, slinger. no, no, because you you had gotten a job on uh, on uh, oh what is it car hop. Being a car hop. Oh please! <laughs> that was the thing, but so anyway, so so before I we go down that I rabbit hole, no Kendrick said he can't uh, he can't follow that stuff. It was a little a little confusing, which I don't blame. I can't either, Kendrick. Well, what's so hard? It's like it's joking around. I mean, it's like, hey, Tony or William got a new job over there at. Uh, I'm you just know. saying it's a little weird, but it's but it's it's a joke. We're it's not serious. <laughs> hey, uh, by oh now listen, um, someone's getting I, defensive over there. No, what? No. Uh, go ahead. Uh, no, but go ahead with the uh, shout-outs. Uh, I want to tell you, I just want to mention okay. something about TikTok. When you, okay, when right, yeah, yeah. They need to ban TikTok. Uh, I think they are going to They ban. need to ban that thing. Yeah. It's run by communists. Yeah. Bad news. Okay. Uh, who's, who are you going to shout out now? <laughs> just drop that in there and keep going. So, anyway. Um, and a shout-out to uh, uh, Veronica Orozco again. Um, yeah. We said we're going to schedule that live podcast, which we haven't yet because Tony's gone. Yeah. But I promise we'll, we'll get on that. So. And, and where are we going to do this? And how many people are going to show no, up? No, no. We, like, we should just do, like, the three of us. Uh, schedule a, a day when it's light outside. Yeah. And just go sit over there. And I, all I have to do is get my phone, put it on Instagram oh, Live. Get it. Announce yeah. it a couple days in advance and yeah. just live streams. And we'll probably only have Veronica watching on the Watch thing. A, but spe- uh, sprinkler system's going to go <laughs> off right in the middle of it. That, that great content. You'll see the coyotes running right past. Over there mauling Tony in the background while you and I just talk away. <laughs> well, no, because Tony will be talking away as he's getting mauled. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Giving the coyote a lesson, trying to speak to him like St. Francis and the wolf. Anyway, continue. Okay, well, we have a gospel. Yes, we do. Did you have any other shout-outs? Um, Steve Montiel. Who, who we love very much. Yeah, I saw him a couple of, couple of days ago. He's a cool, cool um, dude. Saw him, his lovely wife. Uh, yeah. She's uh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah Marla. She's, and she's, and his, you know, I met his brother the other day. The, Joey, yep. Yeah, Joey's a good dude. Awesome. Um, yep. Okay, that's They're all it. fantastic. So, yep, those are my shout-outts. All right. On to the gospel. Very cool. Okay, it's gospel time, and this is from Matthew 11, 25 through 30. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. At that time, Jesus explained, oh, please. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are labored and are burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am meek and humble of heart and you will find rest for yourselves for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There it is. Amen. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know what you're talking about in your homily but I have just a opening thought um, just about the context. Uh, so it's interesting the way this gospel starts right. 
um, cause we kind of don't get the lead up. It starts saying at that time, Jesus said in reply. <laughs> so it's like, well, what, what time are they talking about? So maybe it'd be good if I read, um, the previous three verses or no, uh, the previous, uh, five verses. Mm-hmm. So this is the title of this section, five verses prior to this gospel is called reproaches to unrepentant towns. So Jesus essentially, maybe I won't read the whole thing. I'll just kind of give you a quick summary. But so Jesus essentially begins to reproach the towns um, where he's done all these incredible deeds, right? Healed the sick, um, uh, restored sight to the blind, all this kind of stuff. Uh, All these incredible deeds in the sight of all these people, but they had, they'd never repented, right? So he did all these incredible things and he did all these healings, but nobody actually turned their hearts and converted uh, to the Lord. So he says, quote from our Lord, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and in Sidon, they would have long ago have repented in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And as for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted in heaven? You will go down to the nether world. For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had be done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. Wow. Those are some incredible words from our Lord. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's scary stuff, right? Yeah. And the for, story for, for somebody who's telepathic. <laughs> Jesus has telepathic. Really? Really? <laughs> uh, don't, can you not do that voice ever again, please? <laughs> what? He's not. He's not. He's passive. He's not passive. Stop. Come on, he he he, oh, he talked man. with two-edged sword, man. I'm yeah, telling no, you. I mean that's exactly right. And and the story that he's referring to, I mean, can you imagine again being a first-century Jew hearing these words? Because he's referring to Sodom and Gomorrah, the two cities that were struck down with hellfire that rained from heaven right, from God right. because of their tremendous sins and transgressions, right? Where they tried to kill uh, the family of Abraham um, uh, there, right? Abraham, remember that, right? Sodom and Gomorrah. But anyway, so. Um, I mean, just, just totally, totally soaked with sin and destruction and evil. And so he's saying that, that these cities he's speaking to firsthand, he's not recounting it. He's speaking to these people and saying, your city is worse and it will be is worse off on the day of judgment than these horrible cities, uh, from times past. So just setting, kind of setting the scene for this. I find that pretty shocking. Well, Jesus said things that um, are sobering. Yeah. Many sobering things. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, well, you know, you can just go through the scriptures and find all kinds of things. Jesus said that it's like a, a sword right through the center of your heart. You're yeah. Like, wow. Well, and, and, and I mean, why, why is he, why is he saying this? Um, I mean, because back in the old Testament with Sodom and Gomorrah, they had a, they had a prophet preaching to them, right. And they chose to reject the prophet. Mm-hmm. They rejected the messenger of the Lord and that's what brought about their destruction. Um, and uh, it, it was Abraham, wasn't it, where, where he's pleading to to God, and he says, "Lord, if you find but thirty just men, will you spare the city?" And he says, "I will spare the city if I find thirty. He goes all the way down, I think, until the number ten, and he says, "If I find ten just men in the city, I'll spare it." Right. So, um, and that that was with a prophet. You, so you have a prophet preaching on the streets of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, now, what's the contrast between Sodom and Gomorrah and Capernaum? Tyre, Sidon, all these places that our Lord is preaching now, um, where he's being rejected. Well, he's, it's not a prophet. And I think this is what's interesting and profound about kind of the contrast that, that Matthew's presenting here. It's not just a prophet who's preaching in the streets, right? 
It's the son of God who took flesh in the womb of a virgin born in a stable is walking the earth and healing lepers. So it's not just words. It's not just, you know, um, God will restore your inheritance, do this and you'll be paid off in 40 years or, or whatever. You know, it, it doesn't seem like this ethereal um, kind of sense about the scriptures anymore. It's, it's literally Jesus is like, Hey, I'm real. How do you know I'm real? You see that guy over there that you knew who never was able to walk for his entire life. Well, now he's jumping around praising, praising God and giving me glory. <laughs> so it's like, so the more, you know, the more you are culpable for in the end. That's right. Right. That's so, right. so it's profoundly different. This imagine, mystery of the revelation of Christ. Do you imagine if the blessed mother appeared, appeared to you, what, what responsibility would uh, oh. be on your shoulders? Oh man. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because for a while, I think like as Catholics, a lot of us kind of like, are like, man, I really wish that God would, uh, would appear to me and tell me what I'm supposed to do in life yeah. or like the Virgin Mary would like tell me what direction I should take. And that's great. But why do we hear in scripture, like when Moses was encountered with a living God, he fell on his face and refused to look at him, right? He was afraid to be yeah. struck dead. Right. So, so it's, it's, you know, I laugh because it should, there, there is absolutely a level of fear that we need to have with that well, kind of stuff. And, and if that happened, I mean, the responsibility that is thrown onto you at that yeah. point from that day on yeah. for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Oh, wow. You know, you know what I mean? I yeah. mean, yeah. So you, you are culpable for what you know. Right. And so, so if, if we're here struggling with faith and all that kind of stuff and trying to figure out uh, life, we're culpable for, for what we know. But again, if you have the son of God appear and, uh, and, and, and heal someone in your presence, right in front of you, uh, something that you know to be objectively true and above all suspicion, and then you still reject his word. Mm -hmm. What does that say about you? Yeah. Right. I'm, by the way, I'm convinced that if, if the Lord's face came down through the clouds mm -hmm. and spoke, there would still be people who wouldn't believe. They'd try to write it off oh, yeah. as a <clears throat> trick of the light or a hallucination or Oh, undoubtedly something. so. Undoubtedly so. You know? Well, when he died on Calvary and the, the temple, the temple uh, curtain was torn in two and the earth was rended in half and all this stuff and this great earthquake. And it's like, yeah, sure, you had some people convert, but not everybody converted, right? <laughs> so, right. So and, you know, and for me, though, it's enough to see the sun come up over the mountain every day and just to see the beauty of that, you know, and go, wow, that's something else. Yeah. That, that to me is a miracle, but, you know, uh, happens every day, take for granted, but that's enough for me. Okay. So, uh, following what you said, um, about, um, no one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son wishes to reveal him. Okay. So that's grace, right? So I just want to say this. You know, we are, we are told, I think it's the Old Testament, many are called, but few are chosen. Mm -hmm. I think really it's everyone's called. Everybody receives grace enough to convert. Okay? I think. So I would say, I'm not trying to change scripture. I wouldn't do that. But everyone's called very few, very few except. You know? Because I think that everybody comes to a point in life at some point where they that the Lord will try to, to give them something or enough to, to, you know, there's gotta be like some inner, I don't know if it's a feeling or some kind of revelation or something that happens to them that, that makes them, you know, sit back and take a breath and go, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you know, uh, then I don't know. 
I, no. don't, I don't know how to follow that. It's, you know, I guess, you know, we forget or we don't, I don't know. But so there, I mean, there is a word for it and I can't think of it either, but there is a word for it. It's almost like a divine inspiration kind of, right? Yeah. Where, um, you know, and, and even still, you know, you hear about these these groups of people who are so isolated from the Western world and, and from Christian understanding of God, but they, they have like, even like the, the, the native Americans, right. Have a, have a pretty amazing, right. Albeit uh, flawed understanding of, of God and creation and things like that. But they have a really beautiful and kind of close um, understanding of, of like God is and, and like a Supreme divine father, right. They, they have this, this kind of understanding as well. And, and that's a, a lot of the grounds of what you're talking about is how the early missionaries were able to, to come mm-hmm. and explain God to these people. It wasn't a foreign concept. It wasn't, you know, explaining something that, that they weren't familiar with. They, they had this kind of fundamental, um, understanding built in it's built into our bones. We hear this in Jeremiah when right. you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Right. So we have this kind of fundamental, um, inherent quality to our nature that knows that knows these kinds of mysteries of well, God. Well, like, so right? the early missionaries, they'd go into some place, you know, uh, be it the, like the Amazon or something, and, and, and without exception, these groups, they all worship something beyond them. And they were able to say, okay, this, who you worship, we know all about him yeah. because we know him. Yeah. Let us tell you about him. Well, that's, and that's, I mean, that's even, even still, right, that's scriptural. St. Paul, when he's in Rome, um, the Romans have a, have a temple to the unknown God in there, in, right? And the thing in the Pantheon right. in Rome there. And, uh, and that's what St. Paul was able to use to preach to the Romans because that was familiar to them. So no, I, I, a hundred percent agree. I think this, it exists, this kind of uh, divine inspiration. No, but uh, I think every, in, in the life of everybody, I mean, and it happens to, you know, to a, uh, a lot of us a lot. Okay. You, 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 there, you know how these like little, like little lights of revelation will go off in your head sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's an inspiration or a thought or clarity on something. Yeah. Boom. Right. And so it's like, well, what do you, what, what do I do with this? This is a moment of grace. What am I going to do with this? Right. Okay. Am I just going to, you know, like pretend it didn't happen or, or write it off as some, you know, hallucination or or I just had this thought. Oh, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, you know, because I don't know. I've always responded to these things, mm-hmm. you know. So, I I don't know what it's like the other way to just sort of. Right. How do you write it off? I mean, do you, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, well, I I think in a certain way, uh, we're kind of trained to do that. We're kind of trained to suppress our interior voice or our interior moral moral compass or our conscience, right? So, I think that's all different forms of kind of kind of pushing that back and. And repressing yeah. it, but so in any case, everybody's called. I believe very few accept. Okay? I would definitely agree. Well, but you know, Jesus said, uh, "My sheep know my voice. They they hear my voice. They follow me." Okay, so um, you know the the I just yeah, like the Lord gives enlightens some people. I don't know. Again, I think it's well. I just again, you know, we got to go back to the thing of free will. You know, the Lord will speak to everybody. Every right. person, that person then uh, has to respond to and collaborate with that grace or they have the choice to just ignore it. Maybe that's where I'm trying to go with this is that there's that that moment in time where because of free will, OK, accept this and follow it or ignore it and turn away from it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Most definitely. Because, I, you know, I had this old this friend of mine I used to work with a long time ago and. 
You know, I, he was he could be he was like an atheist. He said he was an atheist, right? Even though I didn't believe him. But there was this one time in his life where he called me out of the blue and he's and he was talking. This was long before I became a priest. And he was talking about he's like, yeah, I kind of want to go to church because and he was explaining to me something that was going on inside of his head. And I knew I'm like, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. OK, well, that lasted a couple of weeks. And then it's like he just turned away. Tried, OK. Like it, he didn't, it didn't attach to him or something. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I a hundred percent know what you're saying. Cause I think, and I think all of us who are listening can think of people in our lives, you know, uh, it, it is like a, like an ignorance in a certain sense, but also I think exactly what's going on in the gospel, right. Is that in, in this case, you're talking about the divine inspiration, the Holy spirit moving his heart, to, uh, to go to church, uh, to go back to mass, to go back to the sacraments, to change his life. Right. But he chose to reject that much like the people inside Tyre and Sidon who yeah. saw the, who saw Jesus right. calling them home, who saw, who, who sees yeah, Jesus right. calling them to the right. fulfillment of, of their religion and of their faith in him. Right. And what comes to mind though, too, yeah. is the, the parable of the sower in the sea. Absolutely. Right? You know, right? So yep. if you don't know one, if you're listening to this, you don't know, look it up. The parable of the sower and yep. the seed. It explains a few things. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's totally applicable, you know. And again, um, you know, this, <laughs> this will be my, my new theme on this podcast. But, um, you know, this passage is clearly to me speaking to Christ's divinity again. Right. Um, so no one knows the son except the father. How could you truly know the son, a divine being, unless you're a divine being, right? Right. We, we can, and we, we said this uh, when we were talking about the Holy Trinity on Holy Trinity Sunday, but we could never sit here and tell you exactly about Jesus Christ and the father and the Holy Spirit and talk, talk to you about the Trinity and how it all, you know, kind of conveniently fits into these boxes. We could never do that. Not just because were us, <laughs> but also because it's humanly impossible. You couldn't go listen to, you know, Pope Benedict, Pope Francis, uh, you know, St. John Paul II, any of these guys try and do that because it, it's, it's impossible. It's a mystery. It's a total mystery. Yeah. So no one can know the, can know the son except the father because the son is divine and the father is divine. So only they can know each other truly. Right. And no one can know the father except the son and anyone because they are divine, but anyone to whom the father wishes to reveal him. So we exactly. who know Jesus then can know the father. Yes. Okay. Yes. Why? Because the Trinity, <laughs> right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> because, because they are so intimately connected in this union of persons that if you know the son, you know the father. Right. right. And the same Jesus said, uh, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. Now let's keep in mind too, that the Lord speaks loudest in the silence. And we go back to the old te- uh, covenant uh, scriptures where, you know, the, the, well, the prophet Elijah, right? He was, he was looking, trying to hear the voice of God in the earthquake and then the big fire or the big uh, you know, the wind or whatever. And there was this tiny little whisper where he heard the voice of God. So maybe people are expecting some like loud voice to knock them in the head. No, don't do that. The Lord speaks loudest in the silence. Okay. Those tiny little inspirations that you get. Okay. That you have to shut everything, all your thoughts, you have to shut them out. Okay. And focus on it for a minute to hear really the voice of the Lord within you. So then you can act on it in a positive way. That's a great point because I mean, fundamentally 
it, so like you said, it's in the silence and our, our Lord gives us after this kind of scathing past couple words talking about fire, destruction, uh, it'll be worse for you than Sodom and Gomorrah, mm-hmm. all this kind of talk. Um, he does, I think in that, he gives us a moment of silence and gives us a little bit of that consolation. Because yeah. um, <laughs> after all that fire and brimstone, he says, right, come to me, all you who are labor and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Mm-hmm. Our Lord speaks to us in the silence. It is not rocket science. It is not difficult to follow him. We just have to rend our hearts, not our garments. Yeah. Um, you don't, you know, and it goes back to what he said about the, the you know, the, the learned and it's the simple, the childlike. Just be yeah. little before him. Just know that he is God. Right. Be, si- be still and just know that he is God. That's scripture. Be just be still and know that he is God. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And then I would add to that, you know, come to me all who are are worried or, or wearied and, and are burdened and are, are labored. Let's add to that in our time of, a you know, pandemic, all who are worried, all who are afraid, all who are confused, all who are lonely and isolated. Go to Jesus. That's the answer right there. Yeah. OK. And he will give you rest. People look for consolation in pornography, yep. in drugs, in alcohol, in self-loathing. Yep. Doesn't work. Yep. Drugs. Everything, well, I right? I mentioned that. Yeah, oh, did so you? Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. So you don't pay attention to me is the problem. <laughs> or you're on drugs. I could be. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but any case, but that it's, it's all about Jesus Christ, friends. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, we have to uh, go uh, and end this yes, so that yes. we can go outside and smoke a cigar. So, Not drugs. We're gonna go <laughs> remember when we used to smoke on the podcast? I do. But now we do the show inside a building that we can't smoke in. So. Yes. So anyway, yeah. all right. So any like Instagram stuff or. Yeah. So, uh, um, so drop us a line. Uh, first off, hey, if you liked hearing Father Joe Baltz on this podcast, uh, I wasn't too calling into. in. I know you couldn't hear over there. Well, but, uh, <laughs> just it was Joe Baltz, and Father Joe. Baltz. <laughs> but uh, if you liked hearing Father Joe Baltz on this podcast, uh, let us know. We want to hear from you. Holy smokes at sjvnm.org. If you thought that was cool, let us know because I think it'd be fun. We could maybe yeah. make a little thing. We'd call and, and, Joseph O'Loughlin. Yeah. We could call yeah, Deacon and I, Jordan. By the know. way, I, I I love Joe Baltz. I, I do. I just I'm just <laughs> kidding around, you know. So. So if you liked if you liked hearing him for a little bit, if it helped mix up, because you know I, I heard that as well. By the way, just saying that people liked when we were bringing on guests to the podcast because it kind of just spiced it up and gave yeah. new insights, and it wasn't yeah. just us being us. Well, but then that, but, that, uh, that, we did that, and then, then this came this pandemic. I know, so. and, and truly, and that's a good point. Is you know, so what we used to do is we would have Father Scott in a mic, Tony on a mic, and Tony and I would share a microphone and have the guests on the third. So obviously, yeah. we can't do that now with the pandemic. And but also, Tony, Tony, Tony stopped showering now for well, some Tony, reason. And then he blows his coronavirus all over. You know, he doesn't. He, we use. He attempts to use like his hand or something. It just doesn't work. It's pretty awful. So, <laughs> so, uh, so maybe we could start calling people and bring them onto the podcast. If you like that, let us know. Uh, again, holy smokes at sjvnm.org. You can also let us know on Instagram. Uh, holy smokes at sjvnm.org. Oh wait, not that's our email. <laughs> our Instagram is at holy smokes catholic. Um, I haven't posted anything on there in a long time, but I promise you I do get all the notifications and I see all the wonderful things uh, on our new followers and things like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. And we remember are stagnated. 
bad reviews. Yeah, what's the deal? Come on, man. Just because you have, because <laughs> it's pandemic time doesn't mean you can't. Look, you're not doing anything. Write reviews. You're looking for, I got nothing to do. You want something to do? Write reviews for this podcast. Do it. Oh, and Send also. Send it to a friend this week. Listen, help, help, yeah, a reminder to help uh, us build our church because we're going to do it. Okay, because the pandemic's not going to be around forever. Right. We're going to build a church, sjvnm.org. Go down to donate and donate. Okay, thank Take you. Bye, and everybody. Have an awesome week. Bye. These are unprecedented times for our world, our nation, and our faith. Cities are being burned. The debate rages over our national identity. And a global pandemic has shut down our parishes and deprived the faithful of the sacraments. Times like these can challenge our faith and our hope. Now more than ever, Catholics need to utilize technological advances to strengthen their faith. Endorsed by faithful bishops and cardinals, Breadbox Media is answering this need by providing on-demand podcasting that is faithful to the magisterial teachings of the Catholic Church. Our podcasts let you nurture your faith at any location, at your convenience, and at no cost. We are able to provide this free service because of the generosity of our donors. Would you consider giving a donation today to support this vital ministry? Not only is your donation tax-deductible, but you will be helping to transform hearts, minds, and our culture for Christ. Donations can be made by going to breadboxmedia.com. Thank you, and may God bless you.